Hello and welcome to Dairy Pop. I'm John Penry from Dairy Australia. In this episode, Dairy Australia's industry analysts, Eliza Redfern and Isabel Dando, speak to Agriculture Victoria Farm business economist, Natalie Nelson, about the annual Dairy Farm Monitor Project, also known as DFMP. Their conversation is in the context of the release of the latest In Focus and Situation and Outlook reports. So we've got Natalie Nelson here today from Agriculture Victoria. Welcome, Natalie. Thanks very much for having me, Eliza and Izzy. That's great. <laughs> Thanks for being here. So I guess um, a, a, you know, a good place to start off will be um, if you could give our listeners just a bit of a background um, in terms of who you are and, and how you got here. So uh, my name is Natalie Nelson. I am a farm business economist with Agriculture Victoria. I'm based at Ellenbank, which is in Gippsland. As a bit of background, I completed an undergrad degree in ag science and I worked at Kyabram in Leangasa as a dairy extension officer for a number of years. Um, I then went on and completed a master's degree in agribusiness, which then provided an opportunity to work for the last nine years as a farm business economist based here at Ellenbank. Oh, great. Um, so we recently had our In Focus report come out as well as our December Situation and Outlook report. And the Dairy Farm Monitor Project, or DFMP, really um, does play a pretty important role in both of these reports. Uh, and it's been around for a really long time, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. So the Dairy Farm Monitor Project has been running for 17 years in Victoria mm -hmm. and is a collaborative project between Agriculture Victoria and Dairy Australia. The Victorian Dairy Farm Monitor Project is actually a part of a larger national Dairy Farm Monitor Project. Uh, the project itself is an annual survey of physical and financial performance on 80 farms across the three major dairying regions in Victoria. And we select those participants, capturing a range of farm sizes, locations, feeding systems, and more importantly, the ability to provide us with excellent farm business records to complete that report. Uh, the data itself is a, also a collaboration. It's collected by Agriculture Victoria staff, farm consultants and staff from Dairy Australia's regional development program. Wow, yeah, it really has been around for a long time. So is our InFocus report. Um, so really seeing a lot's happened in the industry over this time. Uh, the dairy industry's had you know, some really good seasons, some bad seasons as well. Um, in your view, how has profitability really changed over time? Yeah, sure. It's a bit of a roller coaster. So over the 17 years that we've been looking at this, there have been combinations of high and low milk prices, extreme weather events, high and low water prices, varying grain and fodder prices, and large variations in input costs. So understanding the key influences, you can foresee the direction of average statewide profitability relative to the previous season. Uh, so the Dairy Farm Monitor Project highlights the regional differences. For example, uh, drought and high water prices in Northern Victoria during 2007-08 uh, and 2018-19 resulted in significantly lower profits than in Gippsland and Southwest Victoria. Um, and we tend to see, you know, we can have a year where all three regions are doing very well and others where you might have um, significant variation depending on what's actually been happening in those areas. Mm. And I guess, you know, the, the last season has, has probably been a bit of a special one in a few different ways. And there's been a few records that have also been broken over that season as well, hasn't it? Yeah, that's right. So I know that 2022-23 has been a great profit result for, for many farms across Victoria, not just in our project. 
uh, but for, not for everybody. So we need to take that into account, especially the extreme weather events that impacted the pasture and fodder availability, especially last year for many farms. So in October 2022 um, was the most widespread flood event in many decades, which not only impacted the farms in Northern Victoria, but also pockets of flood affected farms in Southwest Victoria and Gippsland. This then had a greater impact on feed costs where farmers were sourcing high quality feeds at much you know, high elevated prices. Yeah, so you've mentioned you know, costs were up on farm over the season. Uh, which areas did you really see uh, have the greatest impact on profitability over this time? Well, all three regions actually um, did perform really well despite those higher input costs because the impact of those high feed prices was felt across all three regions. Uh, so I want to take a step back. So it was actually the highest milk price on average for the state, Northern Victoria and the Southwest, but it was actually only the second highest uh, milk price for Gippsland, um, only surpassed by 2007-08 and they're all including inflation. Uh, so the highest profit years which is this year, um, or the second highest profit years. The main reason it wasn't necessarily the highest was because of the very large in, um, input cost increases that we saw both in variable and overhead costs. So the total costs were the highest. So that's probably the big um, selling point for, you know, why or the impact on profitability last year. The largest of those cost increases we did see were in feed, which I've already covered. And a key factor for that was the less di directly grazed feed available, uh, especially with those wet conditions in Gippsland for the first six months and the flooding events in Northern Victoria. Uh, the second influence to that is the high milk price provided a, an incentive uh, for farmers to continue uh, pur purchasing feed to support milk production to achieve the, to attract those higher milk prices per litre. And so I guess, you know, sticking with that cost theme, um, you know, labour is a is a significant one on farm and, and we know that there's been um, some significant labour challenges, um, especially over the last or recent recent seasons. Um, and, and that's something that is still still a challenge today and something that farmers are having to to adapt their businesses to. Um, how have you seen those labour related costs um, reflected within the DFMP results for Victoria? Yeah, so they've certainly gone up. Um, I will start with saying that labour, um, as you've pointed out, has been highlighted as a long-term issue and a short-term issue by dairy farm monitor participants in every single year that it's been running here. Uh, we do collect information about the family and owner-operated labour use in the farm as well as the paid employees. And as farm size and herd size have slowly increased, so too is the pressure to attract and retain high-quality labour. Though more so in the last few years, we've observed that farmers have really placed an emphasis on labour in their decision-making process. Most farmers are offering higher wages to existing labour as well as attracting new labour. Some farmers are offering incentive packages to increase productivity. Um, others are offering attractive employment packages that include provision of accommodation, with some farmers in, even investing in on, additional on-farm and off-farm accommodation to retain those employees. I guess, um, you know, in the December Situation Outlook report, we um, we talk a bit about um, the changing culling rates that we've seen this season and 
and you know some of that's been driven by that drop in beef prices, um, which has changed quite significantly over over the last season. Um, and I guess that that diversification picture is something that um, you know is is becoming quite a important factor within our industry. We've seen it um, have impacts on you know total herd numbers. We've seen it have impact on farm numbers. Um, can you talk us through what? you know, has driven dairy farmers to diversify their businesses um, from your perspective? And, and what has that also meant for in terms of where their income comes from? So um, normally we would see milk income make up between 90 and 95% of the gross farm income of any dairy farm businesses. Um, obviously that's going to vary for individuals. But more recently, the prices for those export heifers has been really strong and has led to a greater focus on producing quail high quality animals, which they always have, but probably in greater numbers. Uh, so those excess animals are then able to be sold off at those premium prices, at least up until the end of 2022. Now that livestock prices have dropped, the expectation is that high proportion of total um, income will then revert back to milk. So we were seeing that between 80 to 85% of income was coming from milk. And we think that will now go up again uh, due to those the lessening um, focus on those export heifers. So dairy farmers have also um, diversified what they do with their farm, their general farm assets. So they may have gone out and done some hay and silage contracting, and they also uh, have <clears throat> the ability to invest their profits in many ways. So after they pay their interest on any borrowings they may have, they invest in their own superannuation. They invest in farm management deposits manage the risk of a low income year and investment in accommodation, as I mentioned, and more obviously this year investment, uh, well, what was more obvious in the data was the investment back into the farm by putting in better shedding, feed facilities, investing in technology to improve the milking process. Uh, we saw investment in cow, cup, sorry, cow comfort and herd management and also inv investing back into the environment to ensure their businesses are sustainable for years to come. So we saw some, um, some really strong future investment in the dairy industry from our participants. And I think that was mirrored across, um, you know, many of the farms across Victoria that are for service providers that we've been speaking to. Thanks, Natalie. That was a really great wrap of last season. I guess as we look into the rest of this season, um, what have the indications been from participants around expectations for profits um, over this season? So we'll start off with the obvious one, which is farm participants and, and farmers in general across Victoria have been concerned over milk price and seasonal conditions and labour for the duration of the 17 years that we've been collecting this and, and even further back than that. So that's nothing new. So milk price is, strong is still a strong influencer of income. And I mentioned the proportion that normally is that 90 to 95%. And while climate variability and labour can strongly determine the cost for their business. So you've got these uh, conflicting things occurring. So we might not necessarily marry up with a good climatic condition um, as well as those strong milk prices. So we've also got those other cost considerations. We know some of our fixed costs, such as rates, insurance, and that sort of thing are also steadily climbing. Participants, however, are optimistic about the profits for 23, 24. So then they know their milk price, it's still very strong. And they will continue to make decisions around expenditures throughout the year. So especially when we speak to the farmers that we survey, they do, you know, we, we know there's a forecast of a drier summer. They will have created a budget for targeted feeding for their milk production that they want to achieve on their farm. 
and they will rerun that budget on a regular basis until they're comfortable they've got the best possible outcome for their farm. The farmers are expecting the input prices are likely to remain high, while the, the, the high milk price that we saw, very high milk price that we saw in 22-23 offset higher input costs. The survey shows that for the medium term, over say for the next five years, the milk price is ranked as still the highest issue of importance. So we still are, well, the farmers are still saying um, to us that they are expecting a, a good profit year, uh, just may not be um, as high as what we saw in 22-23. Mm. The um, I guess the, you know the Australian milk price is obviously well. It usually is a bit of a, a bit of a hot topic, but particularly over you know this this current season, we're seeing that it's it's differing quite significantly from a lot of the other key exporting regions. Um, you know, on a on a global level, um, and it's it's having implications in terms of that competitiveness of Australian dairy products. Um, you know, both overseas on that global stage from an export point of view, but then also within our own domestic market, and we've seen that you know significantly high rates of imports coming into coming into our country as well. So you know, those global factors do do have a bit of an impact, um, and in terms of the performance of the industry as well. But uh, thanks thanks so much for joining us today, Natalie, and for for talking us and running us through um, those key DFMP results. Um, and as Natalie's mentioned, you know, the Dairy Farm Monitor Project um, doesn't just cover the Vic regions. Um, it also monitors that profitability um, for, for all dairy regions alongside the Queensland um, Dairy Accounting Scheme as well. So you can find all of those reports um, as well as the latest in focus and situation and outlook report um, on the Dairy Australia website. So thanks for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Dairy Farm Monitor Project, please visit dairyaustralia.com.au forward slash DFMP. We've also placed links to both the In Focus and the December Situation and Outlook reports in the episode notes. We hope that you have enjoyed this DairyPod episode. If you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, you can get in touch with us by emailing dairypod at dairyaustralia.com.au. Thanks very much for listening and bye for now.